0: Good to have you here and uh, welcome those especially those from truth seekers one more week until you get started back for the new year in the meantime we're glad to have you joining us uh, for our prayer time we'll be looking at Acts 17 tonight so turn there in your Bibles starting at verse 16 Now, all the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there would spend their time in nothing except telling or hearing something new. As Paul's there, we catch up with what's going on. We know that Paul has a burden to share the gospel, and he, God has commissioned him to go throughout the area that he's, he's at and to take the gospel. Each time we've seen him go um, and encounter some challenges um, some people believe and some don't. Uh, some get very angry with the gospel being presented and even persecute um, Paul. So we saw that in chapter 16. He was, put, he was beaten and put in jail. Um, in chapter 17, they, uh, a mob pursued him from city to city because they didn't like what he was teaching and like what he was saying. And so we see opposition to the gospel there. But we see Paul does not run from opposition. He is looking for opportunities to to take the gospel. And even though he leaves this last city of Berea, (coughs) he keeps a a couple of his team, uh, partners from his team there, to continue uh, preaching the gospel and try and, and establish churches there. So meanwhile, in our, in our text today, he goes to the next town, the next city called Athens, Athens, Greece, and he presents the gospel. And I'm going to ask a question. Those who have been part of, of our study uh, can, can uh, speak up and answer this. What is Paul's regular uh, procedure? How, what is his normal uh, practice in when he arrives in a new place, a new city or a new town. What does he normally do? Alright. Go to the synagogues and preach. Who is he preaching to in the synagogues? Very easy question. He's preaching to the Jews. Go to the place where the Jews are gathering and on the Sabbath, he preaches. Now, here he does that, but he does something else. What does He add to that. The answer will be given in verse 17. (coughs) Okay. Cliff said he went out soul winning. What area did he go to? To the market. To the marketplace. Okay. (coughs) (coughs) What country is he in? Huh? Greece. Country of Greece, city of Athens, okay? And so here is a Gentile area, has some Jews that normally gather on the Sabbath day, and he goes and he speaks to them, but he also goes to the marketplace. What will be our marketplace today in Milwaukee? All right, mall, where else? Hmm? Downtown, the lake, grocery store. Walmart, <laughs> Menards. <laughs> All your favorite stores where where people hang out, right? Where wherever people and and usually people are just doing their everyday type things, right? That's where he goes. And what does he do? Having conversations with people, uh particular conversations. In fact, <coughs> um we can see what he's doing at the end of verse 18 we we see they have some questions about what it is this new thing that he's talking about but it's it's um it's it's the same old gospel isn't it look at the end of verse 18 verse 18 the end of verse 18 what's a com- key component to what paul is saying He's preaching Jesus and the resurrection. He's preaching Jesus and the resurrection. So he has an approach he has with the Jewish audience. He has an approach with the Gentiles. They both include preaching Jesus and the resurrection. In other words, the gospel message is appropriate to all. He might change his approach slightly, but the gospel is the same gospel. And he's using that effectively. <clears throat> now, what's interesting about this group is that um, they, they are uh, curious about what Paul is saying. They're philosophers, and they have a way of thinking, and it, it, we're told here they're particularly interested about new stuff, okay? New stuff that comes up, they, they want to latch onto it and... and uh, throw it around and debate it and, and, and see if it makes sense or not. We have people like that today, don't we? And We interact with them, Facebook, uh, other social media, and sometimes in just a regular face-to-face meetings, whether it's in the coffee room or uh, uh, the break room or wherever we are, uh, we get to talk to them. <coughs> now, let's take a look at what Paul does, starting at verse 22. But now he commands all people everywhere to repent, because he has fixed the day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed, and of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. So that's kind of a longer passage that I read, but I read that it's very important. This is Paul's opportunity to speak to this group of people who are gathered, and they're gathered in this, this um, kind of an outdoor, public gathering place, and he speaks to them. He, he, he uh, has an opportunity to present. Notice what he does. He, he approaches them uh, where they are with things that they can relate to. He even uses some of their own uh, poets and, and some material that they're very familiar with but the gospel is still the same. I want you to notice just a few things in our short time of what he says. Verse 24. How does he present God? <clears throat> the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth. All right? So he talks about God in his all, in, in his, his, he is a creator, he is in charge of everything. And in fact, he presents. This God, as Lord of heaven and earth, and this is the God that they don't know, to the unknown God, the one that you don't know about, I'm going to present to you. <clears throat> he also talks about the issue, the particular issue they have. Remember what, Paul, what bothered Paul as he walked and observed through the city of Athens? What really stirred him up? Idol worship that he observed, right? And he begins to talk about that here. Look what he says about it. <clears throat> Verse 25. Nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath in everything. and everything. So he's saying, this God that I worship gives life to everyone. He doesn't need somebody to form him or to make him or give to him anything. So he's presenting God as he is. <clears throat> and then he challenges them. Look at verse 29. Being then God's offspring, we ought not to think that the divine being is like gold or silver or stone or image formed by the art and imagination of man. He, he addresses their idol worship and how they have exalted idols um, and it was part of their culture. It was part of everything that they did. And he addresses that with them. <clears throat> and then he talks about, he only gets a short time to get in the gospel before he's interrupted. Look what he says, <clears throat> verse 30 and 31. We'll end with that. The times of ignorance God overlooked. What is he saying? In the past, when people worshipped this way, God has shown long forbearance with. God overlooked. In other words, he didn't punish instantly all the time. And you're not punished, he's saying to this group, instantly. That's why you're still allowed to do this, even though it's wrong. God overlooked. But then what he says, (coughs) but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. He preaches repentance, doesn't he? He challenges them with, repentance and then he brings in this very important point point, verse 31 because he has fixed the day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed kind of sound like the series I've been preaching during Christmas the king and his kingdom this king will come appointed by God he will judge he will have control he will have rule over all of God's creation and Paul is saying, this man God has appointed and you will have to give account to. And then he points out who this man is. <clears throat> you can tell, tell this man by this. God is, of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. It says God has put his finger to, to, to point out this man by this act of raising him from the dead. Now look at their response quickly on verse twenty thirty two. 32. And when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked. But, but others said, we will hear you again about this. <laughs> it caused quite a stir. Paul preached the truth. And it caused quite a stir. Some again. Some received and some believed. And others mocked. And, would, and then others were just kind of like, what does all that mean? Let's hear more about this. So we see those different responses. We've entitled this series, And So We Pray. Let's pray that we'll continue giving the gospel out to a needy culture and community that we live in. That God will give us um, wisdom so that we can apply it to the culture and generation that we live in and address them right where they are, as Paul did his. And that in doing that, we will not uh, um, water down the gospel at all. Water down who God is who Christ is, and what he's come to do, and what he's called us to do to repent and turn to Christ.
1: Good evening, saints. (coughs) We're going to meditate through God's word today. Continuing in the book of Hebrews. What does it mean to meditate on God's Word? Read some of the Christians, they call it silence and solitude, why do they call it that? Silence and solitude. is our meditation different than Eastern religions meditation now where what is good about their meditation where do they have a little bit of the right before they go wrong the solitude and the time alone I think the thing that they do good is they put away their cares of the world they really stress that big time. So a lot of the monks take vows of poverty and things like that, Um, when they give away, um, they don't have, uh, you notice a lot of the monks' temples just have a whole bunch of men in there because they've given away, even sworn away sexual relationships. Um, But why is that wrong in some ways? was wrong because like we said before they empty themselves but they don't fill themselves with anything good actually it's dangerous to meditate in that way and that's why many of them have had problems with demons and things like that because if you empty your mind you are waiting for something else to come in we don't just empty our minds we play music and we do things like that to soothe our minds but it's a meant to put our minds on Jesus Christ. So when we meditate, we meditate in a little bit of a different way. And I wanna push our meditation from in 2019 to the next level, making sure that we do meditate um, the way that God wants us to. And the way we're gonna do that is by continuing to read God's word, but also to think about how we should think about God's word of us had a lot of fun what we did a few weeks ago when we went through um, a difficult part of the scripture. How we thought through that. That was very good. Everybody helped us to come to an understanding. Didn't you come to a better understanding when we came to that? And that was meditation. So we're going to continue to do that, um, but we're going to keep building on what we've been doing. So today I'm just going to read a little bit in Hebrews 6 it starts with this. After he got done rebuking them, he says this. Though we speak in this way, yet in your case, beloved, we feel sure of better things, things that belong to salvation. For God is not unjust so as to overlook your word and the love that you have shown for his name and serving the saints as you still do. And we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness to have the full assurance of hope until the end so that you may not be sluggish imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises now he challenged them a little bit in here but he says and though we speak this way beloved and that kind of brings to mind what did he say how did he speak to them and so I turn it over to you how did he speak to them he said though we speak in this way beloved what did he say before that made him have to say that challenged them to be what? to be more mature to leave the elementary doctrines what was he really challenging them to do we talk about being mature but we're not just saying to stay at one static point right we're talking about spiritual growth if we're not growing we're dying he put it to them in a number of different illustrations but he said it this way How can the ground be good if it takes in all that water and doesn't produce fruit? So we must produce fruit. It says we feel sure better things that belong to salvation which is growing. Salvation makes us grow and how do we grow? We grow in our understanding. One of the things I love about the start of the year is it pushes us to try to grow. Doesn't it? We want to be better people. We want to lose weight. We want to get smarter. We want to work better. We want to get promoted. We want to grow our families. We want to get richer. We want to make better investments. We want to spend our time more wisely. But let's not get to February and drop all that. Right? We don't want to start. And then two days later, we say, well, let's start again on Monday. And that's the kind of Christianity he was challenging, right? I'm going to read my Bible this week. Monday night comes. I forgot. I'll start next week. Now let's start right now. Let's continue doing what we should be doing. He continues on. In verse 11, And we desire each one of you to show the same earnestness to have the full assurance of hope until the end. And what he's talking about there is perseverance. How when you grow... One thing that's good about growth is it increases our confidence one of the things when you go through the christian life is you will always be plagued with certain doubts right you will always have doubts but as you grow in the faith as you're growing god's word and his knowledge your doubts start to decrease because you see god more and more but you're still going to have some doubts and only through growing will you answer those questions And so we want all believers to have that same confidence that the writer has right here. He talks about having full assurance. How do you have that hope to the end? By growing. So he says in verse 12, so that you may not be sluggish. What's another way of saying sluggish is don't be slow. Right? We talk about that man, you slow. What do we mean by that? Somebody who should reach a conclusion (laughs) that the rest of us already have seen. We don't wanna be like that. Many times I notice in my life, God will teach me a lesson and I will forget it. And what does that make me do? I have to go through a similar experience again because I was sluggish. I didn't learn the lesson that God wanted me to learn. Whereas if I learn it, I can go on to new and better things. For well, he says, don't be sluggish, be imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. And then from the promises, he's going to launch on to something new from there. Any thoughts or anything that we'll add to that? Amen. All right, we'll continue more next week.
2: Good evening, everybody. Who feels like they are in a praising spirit tonight? show of hands. Riley, Riley the only one that's been in the praising spirit. Man. Y'all, it's like 2 days into New Year's. Y'all can't be worn out already. All right. Mickey raised a hand too. So, Miss Mickey, what I'm going to ask you to pray about tonight is let's pray um, just thanking God for 2018. Um up and take us to another year and all the things he's done for us in 2018. Um, If you guys were here on Watch Night, we did a little video and we kind of did a snapshot of all the stuff that um, Sweet Communion had done in 2018. Um, So the Lord has done a lot for us. And then can you also um, just pray for um, this God to continue to use us into 2019 and for all that he will have planned for us. Um, Who is in a prayer requesting mood tonight? No, you are, but you can't pray. This is your chance to raise your hand before I pick you. This gives you ownership of your fate. Nobody. Nobody. Gal, um will you pray just for 2019 to be a year of, um, I know you got picked. You had your chance. Uh, <laughs> um, pray for, um, just twenty nineteen is a year where um, the people of the church come together for more fellowship, um like we've got romance dinner coming up you, you know we do a lot of different things with the church that people are just stirred to continue to fellowship more with these people in this church okay we just come to you in prayer, we just think of all the things that we have done last year as a church and all the ways you've used us. and We we just praise you for um, continuing to um, use this ministry, continuing to use this ministry to reach the people in this church and those outside the church. Look at um, the Grace Partner Fellowships as we've been able to just come together and um, fellowship with your people, with the Praise and Poetry Jams, that people are able to use the talents you've given them as a way to praise you. Um, We think of how many people in this church you've used and connected with the rescue mission as a way to continue to further our mission um, as reaching the men and um, teaching men to be godly men in this society in this day and age where they are told not to be. Um, we just thank you for how you have kept this ministry going and kept it funded and um, allowed us to have ministries for the kids with truth Seekers and the boot camp and the jump rope camp and just the... Um, blessings of new members and the new babies that were born and um, just everything that you've done for this church and your people and we just continue to just stand in awe of the mighty works that you are doing. Uh, We look at 2019 expectantly to see what more you are going to do and how you're going to use us and um, what this ministry can do in this city and the plans you have for us and we just ask that you continue to just be a God that we can look to that points our way and orders our steps and um, just blesses us every day and um, just continues to amaze your people. We ask that you continue to be with your people in this church as we do put together very fun things. I think of um, watch night service, how everybody there said how such a good time they had with um, the the talent show and how fun it was and how funny it was and how uplifting it was um, that we just do great things but We have so many people that don't come. We think of the um, romance dinner coming up in uh, February, Lord, that uh, is another just avenue where um, we as a church can come together and uh, fellowship with uh, like-minded individuals that are focused on you and um, that we can just grow um, tightly as a church and we can grow strong as a church, that um, when one person feels sorrow, Everyone feels sorrow. When one person feels joy, everybody feels joy. That we are just that connected with one another. And this is the year that that happens. In your name we pray. Amen.